Could the Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen be a strength in 2024? It's something to really think about, and we're going to review the 2023 bullpen and take a look at the future of what the Pirates bullpen could look like on today's episode of Locked On Pirates by FanDuel. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every day. Thank you so much for tuning into this show, as you always do. And my name is Ethan Smith. I am a diehard Pittsburgh Pirates fan here on the Locked On Pirates podcast, bringing you insight, analysis, opinions, and more about the Pittsburgh Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And on today's episode, we continue the player review series that you guys seemed to enjoy yesterday. I got some very fun comments uh, yesterday on the YouTube episode. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, by the way. And also, you guys just seem to enjoy listening to me kind of talk about the 2023 season with kind of a little bit of a, you know, like a little bit of a seasoning of the 2024 season as the season for the Pittsburgh Pirates is, of course, over. The wild card games kicked off yesterday. Uh, shout out to the Rangers. Shout out to the Twins for breaking the record of 18 consecutive playoff losses. Shout out to the Phillies and shout out to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Go check out all those hosts and check out all the hosts that are in the playoffs. They're going to be giving you guys some very fun insights about the postseason that I just can't give you. But on today's episode, we are talking about the bullpen and much like the starting rotation, which we talked about yesterday, so go check that out as well, the bullpen saw a ton of changes throughout the 2023 season and ultimately saw a lot of changes from the turnover of 2022 when the team was just really in a state of flux in that position, partly because of injury and just having guys in the bullpen that really weren't going to amount to much. You saw Chris Stratton eventually get traded last or, uh, last season. You saw Clay Holmes get traded before. You've seen a lot of guys from this bullpen get moved on from, but the Pirates opted not to do much of that this year. The only guy that they moved on from outside of the bullpen, of course, was Johan Ramirez. So he was really the only departee from the bullpen this year that we saw. But one of those questions that we had about the bullpen was, and one of the changes was were the Pirates eventually going to set these guys into some kind of roles? And we knew David Bednar, who we'll speak about first here in a moment, was always going to be the closer of this team. We always know that he's going to be the guy they throw out there in the ninth inning to shut things down, and that's what he did this season. But little did we know that we were also going to learn about the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning trio that we would get primarily to end games, which ended up featuring Carmen Majinski, Colin Holderman, and David Bednar most of the time. And that was something that I really enjoyed seeing from this team was learning that. And speaking of those three, we're going to start with Bednar. And it appears this trio could be formidable for quite a while, folks. And Bednar, obviously, we're not going to talk about him too much because we all know who David Bednar is. We know his pitch mix. We know how good he is. He had another all-star campaign this season. He appeared in 66 games, 67 and one-thirds innings pitched, a two ERA flat. 
80 strikeouts, which led all relievers, 21 walks, and a 1.1 whip. And then he had 39 saves and 42 opportunities, so a pretty good uh, save-to-save opportunity ratio. And Bednar always is going to have trade rumors surrounding him if the Pirates are out of the postseason. It's just how it is. But now with Ben Charrington saying things like, oh, we expect to be a competitive team next season, and we think this team's going to be better next year. With the Pirates' trajectory, you kind of know and kind of knew even when this was happening that he was not going to get traded. And keeping a top closer on the roster just makes sense for this team. That would not make a lot of sense right now to get rid of David Bednar because the bullpen won, found a lot of pieces this entire season, and two, David Bednar is a top five closer in baseball, and if you want to be competitive and shut things down late in games, it's kind of nice to have that in your uh, in your bullpen. And again, we all know how good he is. We know how good he'll continue to be. The Renegade, he's from Pittsburgh, all that stuff. You guys have heard me say it on the show before, though, that if he wasn't from Pittsburgh, I think he would have gotten traded last year, but that's a topic for a whole other day. So we move on to Colin Holderman, who just played in nine games for the Pirates in 2022 after coming over from the New York Mets, and he became an eighth-inning specialist for the Pirates in 2023, something that was very welcoming to see for him, and he thoroughly embraced that role. He appeared in 58 games, 56 innings pitched, had a 3.86 ERA, not the sexiest ERA in the world, but you'll take it, 58 strikeouts, 20 walks, a 1.34 whip, and 27 holds, and Holderman really owned up to his namesake, the Holder Man. Uh, with 27 holds on the year, and he ranked eighth in Major League Baseball in that category, and he was tied for third in the National League in holds this season. So he was really the guy. I, I kind of like treated the seven, eight, nine trio as like a freight train. You have the conductor, who was the seventh inning guy, who we'll talk about in a second. You had the eighth inning guy, who was kind of the coal guy, who's throwing coal in there to keep it moving, and then you had the Train. You had the guy who was operating the train and David Bednar to make sure that it didn't sway off the tracks to get a W. And Holderman really picked up a lot of what you would think from him. Uh, you really knew pretty much halfway through the season what kind of pitcher he was going to be. He was going to limit the home run ball. He, again, pitched 56 innings, and he only allowed four home runs, bringing him to a .64 home run per nine, but he was also very good at inducing ground balls and keeping the barrel away from the baseball. He ranked in the 88th percentile in ground ball rate in the 89th percentile in barrel rate. So things that you like to see from Colin Holderman as well. And he cemented himself into that role and became a mainstay in this bullpen. Now, when I say these roles, now these roles may not carry over into next year. They may in give a bigger role to Colin Holderman. He may close on days that David Bednar can't, which is something we also saw, but it was kind of by committee, depending on who pitched the day before. And it appears that that is his best role, is coming into the eighth inning and just holding the game firm where it is and handing the keys to David Bednar and closing games out. And I think that's a very, very good thing for him. And it's something that I think the Pirates should just keep him in that role. I don't think there's any reason for that role to change for Colin Holderman heading into next season, and I don't think it will. Majinski, by the way, who I mentioned as part of this group, was the biggest surprise to 
no one surprised of me saying it was the biggest surprise. And he was also one of the biggest unknowns in his debut season. You never know how a reliever is going to come up and debut, but Carmen Majinski made his debut in June and he got off to quite the rocky start, but he found some consistency and eventually found himself in a role as well as a sixth or seventh inning shutdown artist. I mean, that's just what Majinski ended up being down the stretch of the season with all the injuries that the bullpen was seeing and all the struggles that the bullpen was seeing. And he ended up appearing in 35 games. He had 36 innings pitched, a 2.25 ERA in his debut season, 34 strikeouts, 18 walks, a 1.28 whip, and 10 holds. So he was kind of the guy behind Colin Holderman that was getting the holds for this uh, ball club. And the majority of his work came in the seventh or the eighth inning, uh, gaining the trust of the coaching staff. By the way, Derek Shelton spoke highly of Majinski uh, in the second half of the season very heavily. And he gained the trust in the coaching staff to pitch in those high leverage situations. He appeared in 32 of his 35 appearances in the seventh or eighth inning. That's what you really like to see from a guy like Carmen Majinski to really embrace the Major League Baseball atmosphere and the role in the bullpen in his rookie year. And he shined in the seventh inning, though, and this is why I'm saying that 7-8-9 trio, because Majinski had a 1.42 ERA in 12.2 innings pitched in the seventh inning. The eighth inning was still very good as well. He was around that uh, his ERA number in the eighth inning, but a 1.42 ERA over 12 innings pitched in the seventh inning, that is elite work. That is elite stuff that you would like to see. And Majinski, again, he was a guy that I talked about ad nauseum when I first started this show. He profiled as a starter, quickly made a move to the bullpen, and has embraced it. He has not had any qualms about being moved from a starting role to the bullpen. And I think that for the Pirates right now, the bullpen behind these three is going to have some questions debated, uh, and we're going to get into that in the third segment. But you might have a 7-8-9 inning punch for quite some time if you decide to keep these guys in the same role. And it's not too often that you have a rookie reliever who finds his longtime role for a baseball team this quickly. But Colin Holderman, uh, David Bednar, and Carmen Majinski have done just that. And they might be your 7-8-9 inning punch for a while, folks. We're going to get into what to make of some of the other bullpen options that we saw in 2023 in the second segment of today's show. But before we do that, let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel, of course, is your number one sports book for all of your sports betting this 2023 NFL season and MLB postseason because you can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or lose. So it's a win-win situation for you. You either get money or you get money. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. MLB postseason, NFL regular season, hockey starts next week, basketball starts at the end of the month. There's a lot of stuff to be betting on, folks, and if you like to bet responsibly and have fun betting on your favorite teams, you might as well do it on FanDuel because the app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, the same game parlay, and more. 
So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. Carmen Majinski, Colin Holderman, and David Bednar were very fun watches in 2023 for this Pittsburgh Pirates bullpen, but the Pirates had plenty of other action in the bullpen as well to take a look at, and I don't want to even wait to talk about this guy. He's one of my favorites. Although he had struggles at near the end of the year that included him eventually not being a part of the MLB roster for a little bit and then eventually coming back and having probably one of the coolest celebrations I've ever seen out of a season finale. And that would, of course, be Dowry Moretta, who was uh, traded for Kevin Newman from Cincinnati in the 2022 offseason, a trade that a lot of people just kind of like looked at and were like, whatever. We kind of knew Kevin Newman wasn't going to be a part of any future plans with this Pittsburgh Pirates team, as seen with all the middle infielders that this Pirates team currently possesses. An episode that you guys will be getting because it's player review season. I love doing this so much in the offseason. And like myself, uh, I'm a fan and Moretta became a fan favorite pretty quickly, being dubbed Big Bank Moretta after his opening day shutdown appearance versus his former team. Of course, having the the money side, the, the 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 money celebration that he became very synonymous with. He also became the go-to guy in clutch situations for quite a while. Uh, you saw that he was in a lot of games, bases loaded. He'd shut it down. Runners in scoring position, he'd shut it down. Uh, but he had his struggles at times. It included an option down to AAA throughout the season, but he ended the campaign with a 3.72 ERA and 76 strikeouts over 58 innings, with the strikeout number, of course, ranking second among all Pirates relievers. If you've been paying attention on today's show, you know that means that he was only behind David Bednar in strikeouts by four strikeouts. And he also saw eight appearances from August to September which was a little worrisome, but that was also because he wasn't on the roster for the entirety of those months because he did arrive back to the roster late in the year. And his best, uh, best inning, by the way, because I was having so much fun looking at all these relievers and trying to figure out what their best inning of work was throughout the year. Moreno's best inning was the sixth inning this year, folks, going back to that 7-8-9 trio Moretta was a huge component to getting to that trio unscathed because in the sixth inning, folks, Dowry Moretta posted a 1.10 ERA over 16 and one-thirds innings pitched in the sixth inning. That is insane. So you've already heard that Bednar was really good in the ninth inning. You look at Colin Holderman, who was a phenom in the eighth inning at times. You look at Majinski, who was elite in the seventh inning, and then you look at Moretta, who was very, very good in the sixth inning. I mean, that that speaks to a lot about what this bullpen's identity was for quite a while. And again, I kind of alluded to it, but when a guy pulls out a lot of cash in his season finale, you know that he's going to be a fan favorite on this team for quite a while. And I think he will probably remain a mainstay in this bullpen if, of course, he could fix some of those pressing issues that he has. And some of those are going to be easy fixes. And I think a lot of it just became the workload. It was one of the biggest workloads that he's had in his MLB career. So I think that now that he's gotten that big workload, I don't think it'll be as much of an issue heading into next season. 
We move on to Jose Hernandez, who, again, like Majinski, was a welcome surprise to this Pirates team at times in the season. He was the Rule 5 selection by the Pirates in uh, 2022, of course, was buried in that very, very good pitching uh, factory over in Los Angeles, California with the Dodgers. And he was thrust into a much more important role this year with the injury to Harleen Garcia, a guy that a lot of Pirates fans were very excited to see coming over from San Francisco, but he was placed on the IL all season. Hernandez, by the way, at age 25, appeared in 50 games this season, something the Pirates I don't think expected to see from their Rule 5 selection. And he ended the season with a 4.7 ERA, and a lot of that speaks to the beginning of the campaign that he had. He had a much better start to the season than he did in the end. Um, And when I say end, a lot of it was after the months of April and May, because in April, Hernandez had a .77 ERA and a 3.86 ERA in May, but he was over a 5-plus ERA in every other month this season, which, again, I just think speaks to the fact that Hernandez was this guy that was probably, one, going to get buried and maybe pitch a little bit, but not a lot. And then he got thrust into being realistically the only left-handed option in the bullpen at the beginning of the season. And that was not something that the Pirates expected him to do, and that was not something he probably expected to do either. But he showed flashes. He's 25. I think he's going to be a good left-handed option in this bullpen for quite a while. But then somebody else came around in June, specifically June 19th, and that was Ryan Barucki. And boy, oh boy, did I not expect this (laughs) when he uh, debuted for the Pirates this year. Of course, most of his career uh, coming from Toronto, of course, was moved to Seattle last season before coming to Pittsburgh this year. And boy, oh boy. Ryan Barucki came onto the scene on on June 19th. Uh, Of course, this was kind of when Jose Hernandez uh, and his struggles began. And Barucki ended the year with a 2.45 ERA over 40 innings pitched and had a .74 whip. And he didn't allow a run in his final 16 appearances of the season, including a scoreless 12 innings pitched month of September. If you would have told me that Ryan Barucki would put up stats like that over 40 innings pitched and possibly become a mainstay as a viable left-handed option out of this bullpen moving forward at age 29, I would not have believed you. I will just be honest. I will not, I would not have believed you folks. And he came onto the scene and a lot of people are like, oh, it's a um, upper 20s age left-handed reliever and he just did he did great things. I mean, there's no way to really swing it around. And when you have 16 appearances to end the season without allowing a run, that's something you can go into next season looking at and say, man, let me keep that streak going. And he could. I mean, you could get that streak to 20 games easy with Ryan Barucki if he continues to look as good as he did near the end of the season. Could he? end up being a viable option for this bullpen. But I think one of the biggest questions that we have to ask about this bullpen heading into 2024 is, will it be a strength for this Pittsburgh Pirates team heading into next season? 
I'll give you my answer in just a moment, but we're going to talk about, again, one of my favorite sponsors here on the Locked On Pirates podcast, and that is Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs, of course, man, the most comfortable shorts and pants and joggers that you could ever wear. Because bird dogs make you look good, folks. They're bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dogs are functional on any occasion, folks. You could go golf in Bird Dogs. You could go on a date with the Mrs. or Mr. if you want to. You could have an evening out while wearing Bird Dogs. You could go to the pool, work out. You could lounge around. You could go to work wearing these things because they don't only sell shorts. They sell joggers. They sell pants. And they're just so comfortable, folks. They're so, 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 so comfortable. You want to get your hands on them, by the way. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB or enter promo code LockedOnMLB at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. <clears throat> That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. So I've mentioned David Bednar, Colin Holderman, Carmen Majinski, Dowry Moretta, Jose Hernandez, and Ryan Barucki in this episode. That's six relievers, and that doesn't include other guys who showed flashes this season, like Angel Perdomo, Thomas Hatch, Andre Jackson, Bailey Falter, Hunter Stratton, could go on and say that also doesn't include young players like Cody Bolton, Kyle Nicholas, etc. Include all of those names, by the way, and you come away with 14 relievers who could be pieces in this bullpen heading into next season. That's as I speak right now, folks. That is That is currently right now. This does not include, and I want to note this as well, to not be surprised if a lefty bullpen arm is added from outside the organization and maybe another veteran arm. We've heard Ben Charrington say he wants to go out and acquire talent from out, from outside the organization. The bullpen is not limited to that. The bullpen could see additions from outside of the organization. You do that, you get to 16 relief arms. Now, everybody who listens to my show, I would assume, is pretty knowledgeable about the sport of baseball. But newsflash, you can't and wouldn't carry 16 relievers on a 26-man roster because it's mathematically impossible. Because then that means you would be carrying one starter or just putting a reliever out every single game. And the Pirates, of course, had a 28-man roster entering September. But when it went to 26, that roster ended with more relievers, of course, due to a lack of starters. But likely, 
most teams carry 13 position players. You're talking about the nine guys on the diamond and four bench players and 13 pitchers entering 2024. Now, when you're looking at that model, as mentioned, position player-wise, you're going to have nine starters, and then you're going to have four bench guys. For the bullpen, that means you're going to have five starters, hopefully. <laughs> I talked about that a little bit yesterday. We'll talk about it all throughout the offseason about them needing to fix this rotation. But you hopefully have a five-man rotation, which then brings you to eight spots that would be open for the bullpen. And... I brought up that there's 14 guys before they make an addition to the bullpen that would be fighting for those eight spots. Now, don't kid yourself and get stuck on that number because, as mentioned, you know David Bednar is going to be on this team. That takes a spot. Colin Holderman's probably going to be on the 26-man roster on opening day. That takes a spot. This is also all barring injuries. Carmen Majinski will probably be on the 26-man roster. Dowry Moretta will probably be on the 26-man roster. Ryan Barucki will probably be on the 26-man roster with the way that he ended the campaign and if he comes out in 2024 spring training and continues that. Those would be the only guys that I would definitively give a spot to in 2024 as of right now, which opens the door for three more spots for a guy to get in, because that was five guys that I mentioned, and I said eight spots. That would mean that you would likely have nine relievers as the bullpen options currently stand fighting for those spots, for those three spots. Again, this is all before they make any offseason additions which, again, would not surprise me. Now, this might sound like I'm making this out to be a bad thing, and I'm not, because in no way, shape, or form is anything that I just said a bad thing. Having an overabundance of relievers with the potential of then adding more relievers to the fold, not counting who they might add, or who might come up and like be a potential option in 2024 as a young option through the minor league system. All this is doing for the Pittsburgh Pirates now is giving them valuable depth at a position that has seen none of that over the past three years. It's giving valuable depth to a position that wins you baseball games. It's giving valuable depth to a position that will, that could turn you out to be a division winner in the NL Central or out of the playoffs. And we all know that injuries happen too. We saw it with pitching this year, and especially when it pertains to pitching, injuries are always going to be a thing. So in no way is this a bad thing for the Pittsburgh Pirates to have all of these extensive options that you wouldn't be mad about, folks, if you saw them take the mound late in games to shut things down. The bullpen could very well be a strength in 2024 for this uh, Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team. I mean, just listen to the whole show. You have potentially your 7-8-9 trio already. 
You have a guy in Dowry Moretta who had a 1.1 ERA in the sixth inning. Ryan Barucki had 16 scoreless innings to end the season. Jose Hernandez is still very young. You look at all these guys that are still very young and have time to develop and grow. Man, this bullpen could end up being one of the top bullpens in baseball heading into next season. Again, barring additions, barring injuries. This bullpen looks very, very good on paper. And I, I think you have to leave 2023 feeling really good about it. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Locked On Pirates, a part of the player review series. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening on all of your podcast platforms. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. Follow on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, and turn on notifications on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow talking about first base. But until then, see you on the flip side.